phrases can sometimes feel a bit puzzling. Maybe it's that confusing car insurance policy. Or working out the right protection for your health, home and family. Or feeling unsure if your pension is on the right path. Aviva can help make these conundrums click. Helping solve your financial puzzles? It takes Aviva. Is what you're doing still doing it for you? I am EY. For a purpose that inspires me. And a culture that accepts. For a team that relies on me and makes me better for it. Knowing I'm always respected for being absolutely me. For my work to have meaning. Ideas becoming actions and my direction my own. For leaders that challenge, guide and support. Empowering me to be all I can and bring everything I am. My skills accelerated. My voice amplified. For always feeling heard and saying without hesitation. I love what I do. That's why. EY. Mom, I got the job. She got the job. Who got the job? Find your I got the job job on Total Jobs. Good morning. Uh, my name is Dominic Barton. I'm the Oh, sorry. Let me back. Do you want to do it again? I'll just. You, I should just look at the camera. We're live. Yeah. You know yeah. What? Oh, good. But, yeah. Oh, is everything's popping? But you know what? This is the thing. Oh, good. You, we're, we're live, live. Yeah. Excellent. So people are tuning in right now. Super. We've got. Uh, is that a microwave? We've got a microwave going on, Don. We've got it all happening. But this is how you show that it's authentic and it's real. Super. So you know what? You go. You do okay. you. You yeah. go again. So anyhow, Jack, it's great to be on your show. Thank um, you. My name's Dominic Barton. I'm the chairman of Rio Tinto and the chairman of a company called Leapfrog, which is a private equity firm focused on the bottom billion uh, people, people with less than ten dollars a day, um, to help create businesses just to uh, to serve them. Um, and at uh, Rio Tinto, we employ about 55,000 people. Uh, we're focused on the energy transition, how to help you know, us achieve net zero through providing the minerals and so forth. And there's a, we, we need a lot of people. We need a lot of young people uh, in the organization. We need to attract more people to our industry. And in Leapfrog, you know, we are, we, we, it isn't as large of an organization. Uh, it's about 150 uh, people. But there, uh, we're having a lot of impact in the, in the, in the emerging markets and developing world where there's a lot of young people and trying to help them and creating businesses, creating, you know, the financial, uh, systems so that they can be able to save and invest and so forth in healthcare. Wow. Now I know why you got what my duvet flip was so nicely because if they're, if they're not two reasons to jump out of bed every morning to, to t- change those two kind of, those two core missions, yeah. what, a, what a fantastic organization, well, both of them fantastic organizations on different, on different fronts. 
we always start the show here because a lot of people will be tuning in. So we'll have people that have never worked before who are looking for jobs. We have people who are on LinkedIn and they could had 10 jobs but might want to change or trying to get a career advice. What was your first job? Like, what did that job teach you that you wish you knew before you went into that job, Dom? All of my first jobs were manual labor. My first job was working in a tire repair shop, sweeping up dirt and debris and putting the tires away and driving a truck. Um, and I think I was, I was in grade 10. It was in, in Canada. And it taught me about discipline, showing you had to show up on time. You had to I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to change a tire. It sounds very basic, but it, I didn't know how to do it. It can be quite dangerous if you don't do it uh, properly. So I was afraid. Um, I, was afraid. I didn't know how to drive a car, um, and I had to drive trucks around. So there was, in its own way, there were a lot of things that made me, so I would be very nervous. And I'd never had a job, so you're afraid of what people tell you and how it works and so forth. Uh, but I remember it vividly. And it was it was a hard job, but it was... You know, I learned about discipline. I learned about asking questions when you don't actually understand something and it's okay not to understand something. That was, I, I felt that made me nervous. I thought maybe I should know how to do the, these things. And so being able to ask questions for direction, to watch, to listen, um, to just observe and, and see it. So it was that, it was a, it was a very good experience. It was a very menial job in some respects but i'm grateful that i had it and it started me on the way i'm smiling because i know how tough it is to change a tire i'm yeah. someone who rolls up my sleeves and i like the detail and like to do things my first driving test i hit a curb and the tire went <laughs> and the instructor asked me to change the tire and if i couldn't the tap the, fa you, the you test fail was fouled the te then yeah yeah you know what? The test failed then, right then and there, because I couldn't try change a tire. And it's those little things yeah. that actually you respect, yeah. you grow on, and then you get a little bit more confident. You talk about being nervous in yeah. in your first job, and I totally get when you got your first time on stage, your first yeah. your first international role or diplomat role, whatever that is, you get nervous. What do you do? And what's your advice for young people or anyone who gets that? nerve to actually see it through how do you cope with your when you get nervous or when you did get nervous growing yeah. up I, I mean the first is just to take a few breaths like just calm yourself down because you can get hyper and then you you jump into things so being calm and trying to get yourself to be calm is and say you know think about it before you jump because when you're nervous you tend to you, you you may say things that you don't mean to say or you do things you don't mean to do. It's just natural because you're you're nervous. So it's this it's I'm not saying meditating, it's not that, but it's just calming down. Just take a few breaths and go, okay, what you know, and, and think about it. You know, asking for help and how to actually pull apart a tire is probably something it's natural. You're not you aren't born with that skill, even though it's a very basic skill. Do you know what I mean? And so yeah. it's okay to ask that. And then be you know, my view on it always is I always try and put myself in the other person's shoes. Like, what are they thinking about what I'm thinking? And am I, because that helps you understand where they're coming from. They may be extremely busy. So when you ask the question and they're in the middle of doing something else, it's probably not the right time, if, mm -hmm. if you will. So just ha just being aware of what the other person is thinking about when you're doing it is something that I always 
think is important too and what you're doing. And then it's a, you're kind of reducing the risk of the, of the question, if you will. But it's to me more about just being calming yourself down and then practicing, you know, you mm. just, there's nothing like practicing and that often means failing. Uh, and, and, um, but practice, if you don't take the initiative, if you don't try, you won't move forward. And I've always found that's helped. Even when I'm nervous, like it's a good thing. It's just a good thing to do. I'm going to learn something from this. So to take a moment to grieve, ask the questions, but making sure that you're aware of the other person, putting yourself in the other person's shoes, because if they're in the middle of something, you're not going to get the best out of them. Right. Aren't you? That's, they may be frustrated or it's kind of, can you wait a second? I've got, I'm trying to actually get this done. So it's it's probably a very obvious thing, but it's not sometimes when you don't understand it, you want to do it. And you, 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 you want to just understand where that individual is. Um, but the other thing too, I feel is, I, again, as I, I had very kind of manual labor jobs, so tire uh, repair shop. Then I worked in a Burger King. I was a night manager in a Burger King. <clears throat> and then I was a... Uh, I worked in a sawmill, basically putting boards that weren't straight into a chipper all day and then cleaning up and doing things. And we're working on a road construction, you know, just not, not doing the surveying and so forth, but the mm. labor. I'm hearing loud and clear, no job is beneath anyone. No, uh, jobs, are, jobs are just great experiences. And you, but in, what I was going to say is in every single one of those, I, there was someone to this day that I think about, that I learned something from. Um, and it's not, it, it, it's not typically the people that are, that have the most education. Um, it's people, you know, you, you, one, one person in the sawmill, this guy, he changed his name from Donald Cameron to Zulu Khan. Um, and he was a frightening guy. He was the shop steward and had a grade eight education um, had been arrested for shooting a cigarette machine with a shotgun to try and get cigarettes out of the machine. Um, you know, kind of a, mm. a rough and tough guy, but a really smart guy, thoughtful guy. Uh, and I learned a lot from him, even though he was a kind of an imposing, frightening figure, not who you, not typically the sort of the, when you, you'd sort of go to school and say, these are the mentors that you'd, you'd have, that, that he wouldn't come to mind. So mentors can was. come from interesting backgrounds and, and spaces, totally. right? Totally, yeah. I worked on a, a salmon fishing boat. Um, that was just with one person. I was sort of like the deckhand. And um, I learned a lot that this person was just passionate about fishing. It was commercial fishing. But, the th you know, the... So there was the work, but then the things we saw, we were on the west coast of Vancouver Island, you know, in British Columbia, going up to Bella Coola. You know, the things we saw, he was a diver as well. So the, the, there was the work, which was sort of hard work, but there was the things we did after work, because we were together uh, all of the time, that were fascinating. And you see people, you, do, you know, don't define people mm -hmm. by their work. They They have hobbies and interests and other areas, and it's good to explore that but you had to show up to learn that right you have to be there you have to yeah. be there yeah and sometimes that doesn't happen over a zoom call 
and I'm all for uh, remote work and yeah. everything. But this is why we have this podcast face to face because you know what? You wouldn't have been able to test my uh, my T skills otherwise. <laughs> do, 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 <laughs> do you know what I mean? And the way someone yeah. shows up yeah. and, and stuff. You talk about stuff that you learn, and I think that's great. I think everything that you do, you should have a reflective moment. Go in, learn something. How does that link to something else? And something you learn over here actually links over here, and that could be on the golf course, or that could be at a dinner, or that could be someone you met at a bus stop. Yeah, you can learn from everyone. Yeah, if you listen to your, you want to listen yeah. with your two ears. What's something you learn that you needed to unlearn? Because I'm also a big believer that you can surround yourself with people and they influence you in, in the wrong way. Yeah. And sometimes you feel, oh, and then you need to unlearn something. What's something in your career that you have had to unlearn that you picked up early on, which kind of hit you in the bud a little bit when someone, uh, someone more senior, when you, you change your role, said, that's not how you do things. There's a bunch of things on that front. Immediately what came to mind was hierarchy. You know, I, I worked in manual labor and it was kind of, there were, you know, tip, the more experienced or the more advanced, if you will. And, and that typically goes with age as you go through it. So that was my model was you, you know, that you have to be older to be able to therefore be able to do interesting things because you have to go through that process. And, um, <clears throat> and that's, not the case at all. And I, I learned that when you, because there were times when I felt, why are we doing things in this particular way? Why don't we do it in another way? Yeah. And, um, and I remember being told that's not your job. Your, your job is to get this work done. Your job is not Mr. Idea person. So get, do your job. And How did that make you feel when that? Da- depressed. Yeah. You know, it didn't make me feel good. It, it was not, <clears throat> but I thought maybe that's how, that's how it worked. But that built, that frustrated me. Um, and then w- one of the reasons why, for example, I really was excited in, in joining McKinsey, even though I didn't really understand it until I got in there, is it's completely a meritocracy. You, it's the best idea wins. And it doesn't matter how old or young or experienced. If it's an idea, that's mm-hmm. what goes through it. And, and young people are, are nurtured and encouraged, in fact, to go for it. It's it's built the opposite way, which I found absolutely. You know, so so that hierarchy is something that we tend to learn. I'm, and my family is not from a business background, so I didn't. You don't know what you don't know. That's the other thing. You just don't. I don't know. So you, these are my experiences, mm-hmm. and therefore, I guess that's the way it works. You have to do your time, and then hold your ideas. Uh, you know what I mean? Which you know, or hold your <clears throat> thoughts, or mm-hmm. and. Um, that so that's something the other thing i just wanted to say i don't know why it triggered was you know just be very respectful careful how you deal with people because things can you know we're i'm not a buddhist but a, but there are things you know the life goes in circles and <clears throat> how you treat someone you may something may you know you you you're, you may will meet that person again so i think my my view on this is just be think about everyone you're meeting as a relationship that's going to be over time. And you may see them again. And the chances are you will at some particular point. And to me, one lesson there was that when I was a little more senior in my career, I was probably 25 years old and I got a severe negative feedback from a client I was working with. Literally, uh, not only it was probably I wasn't doing things correctly, but the way it was done was extremely Mm. condescending. It made me feel really bad, small, underconfident. 
um, humiliated. It was a very, it was a bad experience and it. <clears throat> and I was, I was upset. I was angry. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, um, about a year later, I happened to be doing work in a, uh, a hospital nearby. It was, it was pro bono work that we were doing, helping the CEO with, it was a women's hospital in Toronto. And I got to know the CEO well, and I really enjoyed, I was, again, I was younger for the age, but he, you know, for the, for the role, if you will, but it was, it was pro bono. And I was, I really enjoyed working with the CEO and they were then looking for a CFO to come in. And the CEO said, look, I, why don't you join in and you can be in the interviews when we see people as they come through, because it'll be helpful. You'll see how we right, do this. Experience. You don't know how. Yeah. Guess who the first person was candidate that came in was okay. that person who'd given me the feedback. Uh, and so that was a very interesting meeting because he saw me on the other side of the table. Mm-hmm. And it, it was then a reaction. First, I went, wow, that's isn't that interesting? And I didn't go ballistic. I want, you know, there was part of me that was saying, you see, you should, yeah. but it was a, it was just a learning. And I just try, I said, do you have just to be professional and ask questions and don't try and bias things as you, but, but it was yeah. just a, uh, that was a really big life lesson. I think and I say that could happen big. to me. Maybe I, what if I do that? I'm not saying yeah. you do, but it was a, so that's the other thing, hierarchy and then I think that's treat fantastic. people properly. Dom, I yeah. think that's fantastic because you're totally yeah. right. You, quite, you don't burn bridges as you cross yeah. them. You have to go back. Up, you <laughs> have to right. go back over them. That's a better way of saying. And yeah. you, you, it's funny because you, you can't. You know, everyone's turning up with their life. Yeah, mm-hmm. they've got things going on. Yeah, I don't know what it's taken you to get out of bed yeah. this morning. Yeah, yeah. You might have five hundred things uh, going on, but you've turned up with grace. I always use the saying, even though your day's moving at pace, turn up with grace yeah? and treat, like you just said, treat everyone with respect. I grew up with no hope, really bad background. Uh, Mum was an alcoholic. Mm. Go over there, be quiet. So I grew up with no hope. Mm. And then I turned 21 and then I was given false hope. Mm. And the reason why is because young Jack, who met some investors in a coffee shop, raised a million quid. On, but you know when they say, "Oh, you a business deal on a napkin." Right, right. And I had a pitch deck, fourteen slides, ES, uh, EIS, and EIS, and all that stuff. But you know what? I wasn't ready for a million quid. Mm. And then I had a. I thought, "Oh, how do I do things? Oh, let me get a glass office. That's what the movies have. Oh, let's get a PA, and the PA can have a PA." And, and you realise actually at twenty one, what do I actually? And still today's yeah. date, there's a lot to learn in business. What do I actually know? Yeah. And the ones that you're kind to, and kindness is not a, a a weak word. No. And that's why I say I'm kind, not nice. There's a, there's two differences there. And it's done me so good over the last four years, just like going the extra mile, making sure people are okay, asking them. And it goes back to your life lessons, is you don't know who that bridge, what bridge you've got across. No. no wow. I- and don't underestimate people and don't, as I said, the other learning for me with, the, with Zulu Khan was we were on this night shift and um, there was a colleague of mine and, and Zulu and he was sort of the senior guy. And my friend was reading a book, Carl Sagan and the Cosmos or something like that at the lunch break. It was like three o'clock in the morning. It was a night shift. And um, 
Zulu asked my friend, he said, you know, what do you think about the book? And um, my friend says, this Zulu Khan, he's, you know, blows up cigarette machines, grade eight education, literally says to him, what would you know about who Carl, uh, who um, Carl Sagan is? Turns out, so you can imagine how Zulu felt. Mm. Turns out this guy's read every single one of his books and work. He knows just because he's, and I, I've never forgotten that moment. Don't judge a book Don't, by its cover. You've, you got it. And just people, mm. you know, people have, there's look for the, I, I again, l- look for the flame. There's, there's people have got good things that they can provide. And I think that's part of leadership. There's p- people fundamentally have, it may not, they may not look the part. They may not, there may be dense. There may be, um, strange things that have occurred, but there's something there. Um, and and what are you looking for? How do you find the flame if someone has it? What? To me, it's it's around character. It's it's not about what you know. So it's your curiosity. Mm. Uh, it's your your courage to ask questions, to put a point of view out, uh, to challenge. Uh, it's resilience. You know, it's like that's an overused term, but it's really important how you can, everyone has setbacks. How do you keep yourself, you know, moving? Um, judgment. Judgment's a really difficult mm-hmm. thing. It's something you, you, judgment slash wisdom. It's kind of, we have many decisions that are what I, not, not me, myself, other people call it right versus right decisions. Both decisions are right, but they kind of conflict, but they're both right. Those are very, you can't analyze your way out of it. And so you, that takes judgment to figure out which way you do it. So these are character, it's wisdom, character, mm-hmm. resilience, absorbing issues. You know, sometimes, you know, you, it, when you're in a tense meeting, you can get emotional. You can overreact. You can, and I'm not trying to say just be like a robot. It's not. It's not that. It's. It's okay to have some emotion, but you need to. You need to understand. Sometimes you need to just absorb things. You know, and you need to change your dial up and down, right? You exactly. The most beautiful soul came on my show, uh, the late Jacqueline Gold. She's. Uh, she was the founder of Ann Summers, and her dad mm. run West Ham. Beautiful mm. soul. She's. She passed away last mm. uh, last year. And she said, when she came on the show, courage comes before confidence. Hmm. So my question to you, because you talked about courage, how do you get the courage? I, I, I actually think it's practice and observing. You know, I'm a big believer in mentorship. And, what, and so for me, I, I don't want to generalize, but for me, it's, having, it's watching people hmm. who will, you know, take a risk will challenge someone, um, will question something, an assumption, an orthodoxy. Um, and, and I get energy from watching that. I get energy from it, its experiences. Experiences are like assets. They help you. That's how I get another, my view is you just have to, you have to jump into the swimming pool. Mm. Don't, nothing will be perfect. Not, there's no ideal job. There's no ideal experience and sometimes it's best to try it experiences are assets i love that i'm going to steal that i'll quote yeah, you though don't yeah. worry it doesn't, it doesn't so matter. 
So to get confidence, yeah. you need the courage. And to get the courage, you need the practice. Yeah. I think that's a lovely way of putting it. And to get the practice, you need to show up. Exactly. And don't don't worry too much about Jump what in. it is. It's, a, it's like, again, I did not dream of working in a tire shop. That was not my ambition. But it was a job that was an opportunity for me to do things. And what happens is when you take whatever it is on, you're going to learn, if you're curious, mm. a whole bunch of things that you won't otherwise get the chance to do it. So you it's, have to again, be curious, whole, right? Yeah. And, okay. and you're, you're probably going to think, so Jack, your story, you went on the driving test the second time, the tyre busted and you fixed it, right? Yeah. No, because yeah. I wasn't ever curious enough to change that tyre. Yeah. I still don't know how to change a tyre when I should know. Yeah. But you know what? Let's top up our teas. We're yeah. going to take a break and we'll be back in six minutes. nothing clever about selling yourself short oh my god i can't tell you how many people when you dig into their success stories look how many failures they had first and what marks them out is their character and you can control your character you know how you respond to loss how you respond to adversity And what was the last thing you lost? My job, um, uh, I suppose. You've got to be honest with yourself, what, what went wrong. You've got to then have a realistic plan to put it right. And, you know, bags of determination and self-belief. And the fear of failure, I think you've got to get over that. How do you not let that get to you? I wouldn't say love the adversity, but respect that the adversity will make you better. I've been privileged to see you at various different junctures and it was very inspiring then, but look how far you've come. It's amazing. <laughs> and if you just relentlessly focused on moving forward, learning the lessons of life, I think it's a recipe for success. And don't let others dictate to you your view of the world, let alone yourself. I said I wanted to be true to my convictions. I wanted to find the right life partner and give my kids the best opportunities I could. Deutsche Bank is the largest bank in the UK that you have never heard of. You know, the environment's very challenging, I think, for young people. Therefore, seek out every opportunity. Don't underestimate how long it's going to take to get up in the morning. <laughs> and I always say, if you're not five minutes early, you're late. I think when anyone is starting a Saturday job and you're a teenager, the biggest thing is getting out of bed. That commitment piece is really important. We know that there are young people for whom actually going to university, spending three, four years, isn't something that they want to do. They want to get out into the world of work immediately. We've got an operations talent program, lots of different types of ways in which you can actually come into the organization and understand what's available. So go into a meeting looking for that curious conversation. Absolutely. So I think it's always striking a balance between not sort of interjecting at the wrong times or too frequently, whilst at the same time, if you genuinely have something to say that can add to the conversation and to the discussion, you should absolutely say it. So even though I've been at the bank for 25 years, I feel like I've had five different careers. It's a cliche, but really fake it till you make it. We're looking to grow our businesses. That really is the best advice. Finances can sometimes feel a bit puzzling. 
Maybe it's that confusing car insurance policy. Or working out the right protection for your health, home and family. Or feeling unsure if your pension is on the right path. Aviva can help make these conundrums click. Helping solve your financial puzzles? It takes Aviva. Is what you're doing still doing it for you? I am EY. For a purpose that inspires me. And a culture that accepts. For a team that relies on me and makes me better for it. Knowing I'm always respected for being absolutely me. For my work to have meaning. Ideas becoming actions and my direction my own. For leaders that challenge, guide and support. Empowering me to be all I can and bring everything I am. My skills accelerated. My voice amplified. For always feeling heard and saying without hesitation. I love what I do. That's why. EY. Mom, I got the job. She got the job. Who got the job? She got the job. She got the job. Yeah. Find your I got the job job on Total Jobs. I'm so excited. I can't tell you. You know, I just want to scream and shout. Have you ever had an experience where you've gone into a job and thought, what have I done? I felt sick to the pit of my stomach that I've made a bad mistake. I mean, I was ashamed to get a final written warning. And it is the ability to be able to take those, um, those situations and genuinely learn from them without letting them destroy you. Today's news is tomorrow's chip paper. So if it doesn't feel right, if it doesn't look right, it probably isn't right. You know, an awful lot is common sense. And one of the surprising things about common sense is it's not very common. Make your choice, make the choice conscious, and then when you are wherever you are, be present when you're present. Am I learning? Can I have influence? And am I going to enjoy this? In any situation, there are things you control and there are things you can't control. You've got more control than you realise, but equally, don't fret about the things you can't control, because that is the definition of madness. There's a real lesson there, isn't it? It's find the miracle in every situation. Yeah, yeah. Failure is not fatal. Your ability to bounce back and be resilient, for me, is the thing that has made me who I am.
So we're back for the second half, and uh, you're still here, which is good stuff. Happy uh, to be here. I'm going to say, if you were going to live, I'm going to nick your shoes, because they're quite fancy, you know nice shoe, oh, shoes, yeah, you know? Yeah, had them for many, like many them. years. <laughs> really cool. So how did you get into McKinsey? Like, what, how, how did you end up yeah. at McKinsey? It's interesting, because I didn't even know who McKinsey was. I... Um, I was in I was in finishing my graduate work. I actually wanted to work in the World Bank or the IMF. I was interested in development economics and I wrote letters of application. I didn't even get a response. It wasn't even it wasn't even a you're rejected. It was nothing. Zip nothing. And um and I really didn't know what I was going to do. I, I liked that was an I liked emerging markets. I wanted I thought with economics that would be something but and then randomly, I got a letter in the mail from McKinsey. I had no idea who they were. And a bunch of people got the, this letter that were sort of in either my class or people that I hung up. So they were obviously McKinsey was targeting this. And I said, do you know who the people are? And I remember was one friend of mine I respected a lot. And he said to me, he says, I don't know who they are, but I know that they're offering free drinks. So I'm going. And I went, Okay. Sounds like a good, so let's just go. And so that was literally, I'm embarrassed to say it, but that's what I thought, okay, I'll go. Went and for we'll, the free drink. We'll go for the free, the free drinks. And, the, and, uh, and then actually it was the interview process that got me interesting. The presentation, and I say this being a former McKinsey person, was terrible. It was, you know, I didn't understand what it was they were doing. They didn't look like people like me. Mm. I didn't relate. Um, and um, this uh, Irish guy was a nuclear physicist. He said, you, I think you, and I said, I don't really think I fit with, I, I, I don't have any chemistry with people here. And he said, well, you should come to the interview and then you'll see what we do. Cause you don't even know what we do. Talk about being sure mm-hmm. I wasn't focused on that. It was more, these people seem different you dismissed to me. It already. I dismissed it. Yeah. And I did the interview, uh, the interviews and that's what really grabbed me. It was kind of, you seriously do this work. This is actually work that you do. And you, you know, cause it was things like we've, there's a steel company that we're trying to turn around. We're looking for ideas of how you do it. Back to this non-hierarchy. And I said, you're, I said are you, first of all, are you seriously doing this work? Or are you tell, giving this to some case? He goes, no, this is a project I'm working on right now. We're trying to turn this steel company. And, and he was asking me for ideas. I know nothing about steel. Nothing. I, I don't even, you know, I can spell it maybe, but that's it. And that's, it was those, it, it was that that's what started to grab me and say that that's interesting, but I had no idea who this firm was. I had no idea what they did. I had no idea what the qualifications were for it. And it was a place that was unorthodox in a way they looked, they didn't care what your background was. If they wanted people who they were looking for character, uh, people who are, you know, curious, they want to, they'll challenge things. They get excited about, Problems, if if you will, and how. And what made you? Di- what was the decision? The final factor that made you choose that role and take it. And then, what what should young people be looking for when they're applying for jobs? What are the what are some of the things that you should buy? I, it, yeah. it should tick these. Make sure it ticks yeah. these. I, I think it was the it's the fit, the people in a way. And again, my initial review was that they there was no fit. In fact, opposite fit. But it was Ali Hanna, this Irish, God rest his soul. He he was the one who, who got me saying, "Look, I don't know anything about business. I didn't get trained on business. I was a he was a nuclear physicist." And he says, "But I, this is what I do. I love it." And he, that in his, I trusted him. I, I it was I trusted him mm. 
he interested me. He, I connected with him. And then it was more the, it was kind of what's the nature of the work. I wanted to know mm-hmm. what happens on a day. What would I be doing in a typical day? And they were able to describe, this is kind of what we do. And there were aspects about it that, that fit. I couldn't actually believe there was that people, companies do this. And again, I don't want to bias to say that McKinsey is the greatest thing because there's other organizations to do it. But for me, it was shocking. You know, it was, we don't, there's not a clock you punch. Again, remember I come from the manual labor side. I thought, yeah. do you, how many, wills can you there, how many hours do you get? To, it was no, we, we work on these problems and it's up to you. You work in a team, but you're given a task and you figure it out. And by the time you figure it out, if it takes you all day, that all night, you better do it. But if it takes you an hour, that's fine. It's what you do. And then it was very, it was very team oriented, which I like a lot too. You're working with other people. I really, that for me, okay. that's something I like. You learn, it's complementarity. You're, you're better when you work with other people. No one is as smart as, as, as two or three people working together. So those, there are aspects. And then I also am, as I said, I, I'm curious about, like, I like traveling. I wanted to see the world and, um, you know, we didn't have, I didn't, I grew up in Uganda. I had kind of that maybe wanderlust from that time, but we didn't, we couldn't really afford to travel a lot and do things. And, but I wanted to see the world as many parts of the world I hadn't seen. And, and this organization does that. It were, it's global. And there's this kind of, we, we want people to work. You can work wherever you want to, you know, you may have to learn the language and you may have some chat, but we want people to work seamlessly around the world. That's an important. So there were many of these aspects that I liked. And then, as I said, the non-hierarchical element, mm. in fact, it was built into it that you, you not only, but one of the values that I particularly liked and there are a number of them, but one was you, you have the, you have the obligation to dissent. Mm. So it's not, you have the right to say, I could say, Jack, you know, you're more senior than me. I, I don't think you treated, um, you know, Robin very well when you came in, you know what I mean? If, if that was such mm. the case, which obviously I hope not. I did. No, He's very happy. I don't know where, but, but I'm just saying mm. not only would I have the right as a junior person to say that you did something that made me uncomfortable. It's, I have to, I must. And that talk about muscle, right? That, mm-hmm. and it's about, you know, another aspect of it, telling truth to power. You, you need to, say things that are that may be difficult it's a bit your nice kind notion mm. which i totally know what you're you're saying on mm. that it's a uh, kind sometimes means Tough saying enough. something that's not yeah. very nice uh, but you do it in a do it in a in a polite manner but you don't just be nice and and I, that's hard mm. uh, to do that you know what to sum it up don what yeah. i'm hearing is opportunity comes through people yeah and you pick your people and you talk about obviously there's loads of companies as a as a former supplier of McKinsey. Yeah. So we wanted to build a verification, a bit like B Corp, but for how youthful a organisation is when it comes to young people working right. for their organisation. And so we wanted to create this product. It was the first product that my organisation created called uh, You Verified. Hmm. And who came out on top? McKinsey and Company. Who helped us build the methodology to, uh, three years ago? McKinsey and Company. And that. everything you're saying, yeah. the, the, the less experienced person, because they had all different teams there, were the, what was the individual said, this needs more time. Hmm. Even though it's gone over the, the billion this, hours, yeah. this needs more time, and this is what we're going to give it. Yeah. 
So what you're saying is totally true. I've never worked for the organization, but as a supplier, you felt that. You... I felt it. Yeah. And the 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 uh, Euferified um, methodology has gone on to do really well yeah. with over 500 companies using Verified now in the UK, and it's just it's amazing. So it, you're you're totally right, and yeah. that opportunity comes through people. So you you chose that that I, that guy, didn't you? That Irish yeah. guy. Yeah, I think in I didn't I don't I didn't know it at the time, yeah. but that you're right. That's that's what it was, and I think. That's another thing too. When I think about Rio Tinto or Leapfrog, it's the people too that matter. It's the organization is huge. It's it's doing important work, but at the end of the day, it's people that you're you're working with. And can you make a difference? Do you do you feel like you have respect for for what you do? Can you challenge things? And this is where your nice versus kind thing I think is a very important, really important part of of that because it is about relationships and trying to make things better. Um, Tell me about your ambassador role. Like wh- yeah. how did that come about? And that, that was really, yeah. that's really it, interesting. It was not, it was um, not, not planned for. Right. And uh, so you didn't, it, you didn't have this when you was 15 and you had all your career planned. Cause that's how it no. all works. Right. You have all yeah, your yeah. career planned that's out so and everything case, goes yeah. right. Yeah. You know, yeah. the hockey, the hockey yeah. stick business yeah. plan. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're, <laughs> it's exactly right. It was not part of the plan. And, um, this, you know, I won't, I'll try and give the short story of it. it. It, I spent a lot of time in China in my McKinsey career. I lived in Shanghai for six years. I, from 2003 to 2009, then I, I spent a lot of time in China and I'm fascinated with Chinese civilization. I'm just, I feel like I got to level five of a hundred, right? And I, I'm just curious. It's a, it's a fascinating 5,000 year old history, how people think work values and so forth so that I, it's something that interests me and i'd been doing work in canada for sort of pro bono on a growth council it was how to help canada's median um income levels grow mm-hmm. by how do we unleash that through various different issues so i got to know the um the prime minister and the minister of finance and he got to know that i knew some things about china and to cut a long story short, the Canadian-Chinese relationship completely fell into a ditch. It was a, it was in a very positive state, sort of a bit like in the the golden mm-hmm. era. You know, we had twenty-three ministerial meetings, but when Madame Meng Wanzhou from Huawei was arrested um, and ex, you know, for, and to be extradited to the United States, it everything went to hell in a handbasket, and so the you know trade got cut. Um, the two Canadians were uh, detained uh, in in China, um, the two Michaels, and and then the communications literally just shut down. And so, over about a six month period, I I was trying to help because I knew something about China, but more from the background. Yeah. I said, let's. And then the you know we had some back channel meetings because there literally was no communication between the two governments, zero. There was no ambassador in China, and there was no ambassador in Canada. There was no relationship. And so we started this back-channel discussion. And this is a case where I, I was pretty arrogant, I think, about what I knew about China. And it wasn't the back-channel thing wasn't working so well. It was not. It, it wasn't. This good is when you, we you, knew level, you was on level two of the five. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah I'm that's exactly right. It was a whole yeah level two. And so um, anyhow, what ended up happening was the view was, look, we probably the way we're going to be able to resolve this is we need ambassadors. And there was a 
you know, the prime minister said, I think you, you and, the, and the clerk, the sort of the cabinet secretary, Ian Shugart, was very strong. He said, I really think you need to do this. And I said, well, I'm actually, that's not part of my plan because I was just, my wife was moving to Hong Kong. I wanted to help support her. I was just about to take on some senior roles in other uh, organizations and just join some boards. And, um, and then it was, to me, it was a view of you get asked by your country to do something. And even though, though I honestly had no idea whether we'd get a solution, I was afraid about that. I really, I thought, and friends of mine were saying, you don't want to do that because it's, this is really bad. You're not mm-hmm. trained as a diplomat. You know, this is a whole, it's a whole, yeah, yeah it's a, you, you, why would you do this? And, you know, you're, you know, and, and to me that actually energized me again from previous, like sometimes when people say it's too challenging or difficult, it somehow gives me that in a way it gives me energy mm. from experiences that I've had before ch- failures, challenges. And, but it was really, that was jumping into the pool and, and I got a lot of support. I mean, I had to learn how, so I was, I only had two days of training in Ottawa cause this had to happen. It would happen in September, September 4th. It was announced. I was there before the, like two and a half weeks later I was in Beijing so I was watching YouTubes of Henry Kissinger, George Schultz, uh, Shiv Menon, who was an Indian ambassador to China at one point, and you know just anything I could. I called him back. I, it was a way to learn again. I just, mm. and the the community in Beijing was fantastic. I, I, they became mentors. I literally said, "I here's what I'm trying to do. I have a clear set of objectives, which is to resolve this situation with you know the Madame Meng and the two Michaels and get trade back and have a." And, you know, even though we're, it's a very challenging situation. And so that was really the, how it started. And it was a, it was a, it was about two and a half years. It was, um, I would do it again in a second. I learned a huge amount. There were very dark periods. I mean, it mm-hmm. still makes me uh, emotional because of the, you're dealing with people. Seriously, mm-hmm. bad things can happen to people. Um, it, diplomacy is different than business. You've got, it's government. And, mm-hmm. and, and there's elements too of, you know, you are representing your country. And there may be times when your advice is to go this direction, but the government may decide for good reason mm-hmm. that they actually want to go in this direction. And I remember the prime minister telling me, you need to understand something. When we decide, and you may not like it, you will act like it's your idea. You need, because you represent mm-hmm. the country. And I'm not saying... You don't do that in business. I'm just saying there's more. No. But it's I hard to agree. Yeah. I don't. You don't do that. And so, so it was a it was an incredible experience. And I, you know, I made a lot of friends I otherwise wouldn't have made. There, there were again, as I said, very dark periods. Um, very, I got. I was very down. It's a and and you're. Um, what do you do yeah. in those dark periods? And when you're down, like it. it because there's there's loads of anxiety. Yeah. Over last, mental health has always been around, yeah. but it's been put at the forefront yeah. a bit more acceptable. What do you do when you need to put on that face? You're representing yeah. your country. You're yeah. an ambassador. And you've got all this going. What you've learned in business and how you 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 weave and dive and you do what yeah. you need to do to for the best yeah. of the milestones. And then you've got your obviously the government saying you might never know if it worked or not as no. well because it's so yeah. interselected. No. You're right. You're like oh no, you're actually because right. you can see a business plan and you can see if the numbers got to the yeah. numbers right. You're right. Uh, how do no. you then not let it emotionally? 
just get you it, when you're a, so passionate. I can it, see your yeah. your own ideas and you like yeah. less. Yeah, it's a great question because I think that, I, and I think as I've thought about it over time, and it goes back to when I I was a kid. It's in life. There's you're always going to have setbacks and things that are really hard, that could potentially devastating. But there's always something good that you and find fi- hanging on to that one thing that you feel proud about. It may be a really small thing, <laughs> but that portfolio there and there's always something. There, there's something. It might have been I cleaned the toilet and I did a good job at cleaning that. To- you know, I there was some a- tiny area I was able to control in my life, and so in those periods, I what I tried to think about is the something that was in my my family the my kids there were a lot, I think about my children there's always there was something I could hang on that puts everything in perspective because even if it's going into the ditch totally there's actually something else that's out there that I can I can I can look to but it's really important to have something like that because you can you can just get into a a deep funk and I, I've often found people help me with that like I can get mm. it, and this is where a, I I'm a big believer in you know you don't manage your time you manage your energy you know it's a bit there's lots of things going on you can, there's not enough time mm. but what's very important is to manage your energy and I would include in that emotional energy and if all you're doing is hard stuff and it, like unpleasant stuff and there is that in work and in life and what you're doing and you're not thinking about something else. So, so for example, when I was in China, there would be sometimes there would just be thoughts about. I think about my career and the kid, like things I was proud about. Like that can never be taken away from me. If if you that, mm. that I, I sometimes have to dig deep to go back and go. You know what? That, Happiness that is homemade, right? Homemade. Homemade. Yeah. You, you know a, what? I grew up in such a dirty, small council estate. Yeah, and my home, I was embarrassed. Yeah. Wasn't motivating. And from January, I don't know why, I just, you know, you just get lazy. Guests would come into this place and I would be scrubbing it, cleaning it. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm on my home. It has to yeah. be clean. And this floor is so hard yeah. To, yeah. to clean. And from Jan, I thought, you know what? I need to get a full time, I need to get a cleaner. Because you know what, I'm doing this in the morning before like 11 a.m. before a clean, so yeah. a guest comes in. You know what? And since Jan, I've had a cleaner every day. And you know what? You asked me in the lift, how's your, how is your year started? And I said, it's just, I just used my hand, didn't I? I went, yeah. it's just yeah. been brilliant. Yeah. It all starts with that one thing you talk about, right? Yeah. Just one change or one thing that you can hold on to and having a, a clean home for me because I grew up not having a clean home for 16 years. Yeah. Makes, That's what makes this yeah. and this, everything else around it. Yeah. Fulfilled. I told, I, just that one thing. Yeah. And, that's, I, and I think it's finding that, as you said, uh, maybe it's a habit. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a, I can't remember the name of the, the military. It's literally called like making your bed. I don't, you know what I mean? Yeah, that, I know. You know, who, you know that one? Captain right? something. Captain, yeah. So, yeah. Same thing, James, I think I've got yeah, my mind. It's, yeah. it, but it's, you you can that's something you control you can make your bed you you can you can do it and you've accomplished something mm-hmm. I don't, i'm not i'm not so so yeah i think it's it's very important to find that because you um it, 
if you don't, it's just hard. It's really hard. That, that's the hard. The other thing I was going to say I did was actually f- was a physical thing. I'd run. If I was really frustrated, I was really upset. I felt I hadn't been treated properly. And sometimes it was the media when I was mm. in like, People were just, and I hadn't experienced that kind of, you know, pressure and mm. attack. And I wasn't really able to say something. And that's to absorb takes a lot of energy because you, you can't lose your lid. Mm. You have to, that takes an immense amount of energy to do that. Actually, even though you're not doing anything, mm. you actually are because you're, so in that case, I would run, I would go on a treadmill and I would do an hour run and I'd crank and, and it, 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 by running, it, it exhausted me. It, t- it took energy out or I had to go in front of committees, parliamentary committees, which I found very stressful. And what I found to make sure I was in a mode of, you know, to, to absorb, to be calm, I ran, uh, you know, there's just, a, and it's not because I'm trying to be in shape. It was a, a way to do, and then I, I felt like I'd accomplished something as well. So it's looking for, mm-hmm. as you said, I, I agree, Thanks. little little things. Um, and there are, in every day, there's something really good. And, I, and what I try and do too is when I think about my day, I, I look at it in terms of there's sometimes you have to do hard things that you don't like. You, you, ne- you and then there's things I call them that cheers you really, and chores. In every chores. job, yeah. you have your cheers, the bits that you love, yeah. and you have your chores. No matter who you are, where you are, yeah. you have those bits. And exactly. and one of the chores being uh, being an ambassador is the press, right? No, <laughs> it, it's uh, the nature. Yeah. It's and it's not that you can't. Yeah. You can, excuse me. You you can whine about it, and but it's it is what it is, mm. and deal with it, and not and. Uh, and, and no and, matter how much you say today's today's news is tomorrow's chip paper, it still gets you. No, doesn't you, it? it it's a. Uh, but that's where I think also finding people like I, I this is about teamwork. I, and I, that's another thing I learned at McKinsey because I had a very difficult time advancing and I love the work, but I didn't, I didn't, I, I didn't proceed in a straight line. It was very difficult. That's a whole different story. And, but there when I've often, I've found having a friend who is a real, you, I could just go and talk to like, I'm really front. This isn't working out. I'm not, and you, I can, I could trust them. That would, you know, because you find out everyone has this. It's not just you. Everyone has problems and challenges and unfair things happening to them. It's fact. It's but you don't. You tend to think it's just me. I'm, I'm the one. So having a someone, a partner, and that's where when and I followed that all through my career. One of my best friends, Stephen Bear. It was the guy when I was at McKinsey who helped. We would get together regularly and talk openly in a very honest way, not kind of, like, how are you doing? I'm fine. It's not, you know, the real, I'm, I don't know if I can I'll have a job here. I don't know. You know, you, you yeah. talking at that level. And when I was in the ambassador, there were some ambassadors who were one I could just go talk to and they weren't, they were open and they knew what I was trying to do and I could just, I'm sure they were doing their laundry list when they heard like I was rambling and blathering away and so forth, but they, they provided a space for me to um, talk to, or there I still had relationships with a lot of business people. Mm. And so what, and I love business. And so there were times when we weren't making any progress, we were kind of going backwards and I would, and some people in the Emmy thought I was a crazy, I go to actually see a Chinese business person that had, cause that would give, I was curious mm. about how, what they do. And they were interested in meeting me, not mm. because I was the ambassador. They couldn't have cared less. They were interested mm. because I was a business person. Yep. Right. And so, and that Absolutely. would, that would be like a, 
putting my fingers in the light socket, get boom, get, get a bit of energy. Like, oh, I can relate. You know, these I people did, still yeah. like, you know, they, this person still likes to interact with me. <laughs> so, um, so I, but I think it's very important to be deliberate about that mm. because you can get worn down. You can. Um, and, and to think wow. about that. Well, you've only got time. We've been talking for 23 minutes. Yeah. I could talk to you all day. So your, your life journey is amazing. Yeah. What, what's your duvet flip? What gets you out of bed in the morning to flip the duvet? It's my final it's question. Purpose. It's, you know, I, these two Rio Tinto is focused on the energy, tra- energy transition. That's the biggest issue of our time, climate. Ch- and, and I love doing whatever small part on that side. And Leapfrog is all about, you know, the providing capital to people that don't have the capital in a way that can be sustainable. There's, there's three and a half billion people in that um, bucket, if I could call it. Mm. And that, and doing, and those, those are purposes that, you know, at the end of the day, through all the thick and the thin of where it is, that that's important. That's, that excite, that actually, that's exciting to me to be able to, to, to work on that. I just want to say thank you for coming in. I have one metric when someone comes in because you meet them for the first time, and that is: do they do, are they a drain or radiator? <laughs> and you've definitely been a radiator today, so thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Finances can sometimes feel a bit puzzling. Maybe it's that confusing car insurance policy or working out the right protection for your health, home and family. Or feeling unsure if your pension is on the right path. Aviva can help make these conundrums click. Helping solve your financial puzzles? It takes a viva. Is what you're doing still doing it for you? I am EY. For a purpose that inspires me. And a culture that accepts. For a team that relies on me and makes me better for it. Knowing I'm always respected for being absolutely me. For my work to have meaning, ideas becoming actions and my direction my own. For leaders that challenge, guide and support, empowering me to be all I can and bring everything I am. My skills accelerated, my voice amplified. For always feeling heard and saying without hesitation, I love what I do. That's why. EY. Mom, I got the job! She got the job! She got the job. Ready! She got the job! She got the job. She got the job. Find your I got the job job on Total Jobs. Yeah.